Today's global consumer is very clear in their demand for safe, affordable, and sustainable protein. To continue to meet these rising expectations requires both leadership and collaboration with food chain stakeholders, academia, and the veterinary community. Merck Animal Health is pleased to amplify the voices of leaders throughout the protein supply chain here on this podcast, caring for animals and creating trust. Hi, so pleased you could join us for this very first episode of Caring for Animals and Creating Trust. My name is Tim Hamrich, and I'll be your guide as we explore the leadership that is taking place throughout animal agriculture. We begin our podcast series with an important topic that Merck takes very seriously, the well-being of our veterinarians. While most veterinarians are flourishing, there is a growing segment of the veterinary community that are struggling with issues such as stress, burnout, and even in some cases, suicidal thoughts. To better understand these issues and how they can be addressed, Merck conducted their second veterinary well-being study this year. Joining me today is Dr. Judson Vasconcelos, the head of veterinary and consumer affairs at Merck Animal Health. Originally from West Central Brazil, Judson has led the veterinary and consumer affairs team at Merck for the past four years. As a veterinarian by training himself, he connects deeply with his colleagues that are struggling in this demanding profession. To start our conversation, though, I asked Judson just to explain a little bit more about his team, the Veterinary and Consumer Affairs team at Merck. Yeah, so I lead the team called Veterinary and Consumer Affairs, and on a day-to-day basis, we're always looking for ways to help our customers and stakeholders to be successful navigating the current trends that we have in the marketplace. So we have a lot of trends um, that are impacting our customers. Given the trends, they could be impacting customers either on the livestock space, such as animal welfare, sustainability in different areas that are related to consumer requests, or on the veterinary space, such as the mental health issues that we uh, will be talking about here and different things that might be impacting the veterinary profession. We also do a lot of work to help veterinarians that are younger veterinarians or new to the profession or students. We have an academic affairs space as well that we operate on, helping institutions and universities and helping students to be successful. We have to sponsor a lot of different activities and we have a lot of scholarships and programs to help veterinarians, uh, soon to be veterinarians, to be successful as well. I asked Judson if, after originally pursuing a veterinary career, he was surprised to find himself in this role. The role didn't surprise him as much as the tremendous need that has risen up for these types of resources. Obviously, as I look back in my career um, 20 years ago when I graduated from vet school, I, I would not imagine that I would be doing what I'm doing today, simply because there was not really a strong need to address some of the trends that we're addressing today. I learned over the years that there was an increasing need. And then um, as I started doing what I'm doing now, it just happened naturally, right? That there was more of a need in the marketplace for the resources that we have, that our customers needed more resources to be connected with to the total, the value chain. Uh, we noticed that there was a disconnect or customers who are on the livestock side, not necessarily talking to different parts of the food chain, such as the 
all the way down to retailers and food services. We're, we're now playing a role to connect them through events. We have a major symposium that we do every year called Advancing Animal Welfare Together Symposium, which brings together different parts of the food chain and uh, the value chain, and I uh, bring them all together for a conversation around animal welfare. So it's something that um, I don't find myself very surprised to see that because it's just something that it's needed today. It's more needed now than it's ever been in the past. It's just needed because the world is changing. There is a need for more resources like this. So uh, we're playing our role to, because we're also part of the food chain, we are also part of the supply chain. So from a livestock standpoint, we wanna be involved in those conversations as well. As well as in the companion animal side or in the veterinary profession side, there are needs as well that we wanna be part of and be helping stakeholders be successful as well. One of those areas of need is definitely the well-being of our veterinarians. Judson's team recently announced the results of a second comprehensive study of well-being and mental health among U.S. veterinarians in collaboration with the American Veterinary Medical Association, or the AVMA. I asked what prompted them to take a leadership role in this area in particular. So we started to notice that there were more concerns about stress, well-being, mental health in general, and we started to see some data, some journal articles coming up here and there with some trends about suicide and about different problems facing the profession. So a few years ago, we decided to take a look into that and we did our first Merck Animal Health Veterinarian Wellbeing Study a few years ago in which we decided that it was a good way to start looking at some of these trends and identify ways to help the profession. We did that study, we identified a lot of trends, and then we decided that we would be doing that study every couple of years to be able to have a very broad view of the trends and, and how they're changing. And so we decided to do that study again last year, and then we launched this year our second American Animal Health Veterinary Wellbeing Study. And the main objectives of these studies is really to monitor well-being and mental health of U.S. veterinarians in general, right? We want to have a good idea of what's going on with veterinarians based on the trends that we've seen in the past. We want to have a good understanding of well-being and where they are from a mental health standpoint. We want to benchmark some of those data with some of the findings from other scientists and even with um, findings from uh, physicians, from human medicine data to see if some of the burnout data is comparable to the physician's data and some of the other data. So we could overall examine these uh, very important issues in depth. And uh, last but not least, we really wanted to evaluate potential solutions and come up with ideas and thoughts as far as how we can help the veterinary profession with resources and tools. So for that, we did a very large study um, the first time and the second, the second time as well. We um, sent out a survey for the, the second study to over 20,000 veterinarians that were with uh, information that was provided to us with an important partnership for this study that was with AVMA. So AVMA has been a strong partner, the American Veterinary Medical Association. 
they provided us the email addresses and they collaborated with us all the way throughout the study. And then with the help of Bracky Consulting, and uh, that organized the, the survey and helped us throughout the statistical analysis and has been helping us with the organization execution of the study and even with the promotion of the study. We were able to get almost 3,000 answers from that survey. And with that, we were able to get a pretty good understanding of what's been going on in the veterinary profession with the data that we were able to get. But to answer your question, initially, the, uh, the trends, we started to hear about them over the years, different articles, different informally um, by talking to customers. And then we thought it would be a good move forward for us to do some studies in the space. As they collected, compiled, and analyzed the results of the study, three main concerns from the data started to emerge. The three main issues that we found were the three S's. The first S is the stress level of veterinarians. The second one is student debt. The third one is the suicide rate. Those are the three main concerns in the veterinary profession today. They're concerned about those more than anything else. Obviously, there are other things such as the ability to retire, customers' willingness to pay for vet care is declining. Uh, Cyberbullying was actually surprisingly not one of the top concerns. So it's the three main ones are the three S's that stress, student debt, and suicide rate are the three main concerns that veterinarians have that we identified in the survey. Well, let's zoom in to each of these three factors that we're calling the three S's, starting with one I know all of us can relate to, at least on some level, stress. That's an ongoing conversation, right? What are the main factors impacting stress? There are a lot of um, things that I think there's a high expectation of the customer. Also, poor work-life balance also impacts the stress. I think student debt also creates a lot of stress. I think there's just a poor stress management plan in general creates stress. Just dealing with death, right? I mean, just dealing with customers that are unable to pay. It's a multifactorial problem as far as stress. So how do you deal with that stress? I think some of the things that we looked at is we highly encourage people to have a stress management plan. The data shows that the ones that do have a stress management plan and are able to have a better work-life balance or spend time with family or do sports or exercise and socialize and, and they are less likely to be stressed and they're more likely to be flourishing and more likely to be in a better mental health status without it. And uh, we have a number of resources that we put together in our website. It's called vetwellbeing.com. So we highly encourage people to look into the resources that we have at vetwellbeing.com. We are going to find a lot of resources as far as how to manage stress. If you're interested in a stress management plan, there is a template available at the website he mentioned, vetwellbeing.com, which we've also linked for you here in the show notes. One stress-related data point that I think will surprise a lot of people is how many veterinarians would not recommend the profession to others. Even the ones who are in the profession today and they are practicing, if you ask them, if they recommend a career in veterinary medicine, we get that 
for 52% of the veterinarians surveyed do not recommend the profession. So if you ask them about what the contribution they're making as a profession today, and they say, you know, I'm invested in my work and I take pride in doing a good job, or my work makes a positive contribution to other people's lives, and those are ranked higher as far as uh, job satisfaction, but still 52% do not recommend the profession. So we think it's a paradox, right? Because veterinarians, they want to take the low workload and they do things to um, be successful and to help their customers, but they do not recommend to others because they think it's a high burden to take. Um, and as we looked at the data and uh, we saw, we had a follow-up question. So why don't you recommend the profession? And they said, you know, the first one was that. And the second one was low pay and, and salary, but uh, stress and difficult clients and other factors are also up there with factors that uh, impact why they wouldn't recommend the profession. To me, that's one of the highlights of the study. It's very interesting to look at the number of veterinarians who surveyed and such a large percentage here of veterinarians do not recommend it to family members or friends to become a veterinarian. So uh, that's shocking to me. It is shocking. I mean, I, I think most people outside of the profession view it as a very desirable way to make a living. We need to find ways to help our veterinarians and support them with these issues, especially because of the next alarming finding, the rate of veterinarians who have considered suicide. The key finding was that if you look at veterinarians that are likely to think about suicide when compared to non-veterinarians, veterinarians are 2.7 times more likely to attempt suicide. And female veterinarians, they have higher rates of suicide ideation than males, and males are more likely to attempt suicide. And those are extremely high numbers. Um, they're even higher than uh, in physicians. So yeah, that's a high number. I feel bad for that situation. I think, you know, that's why we're doing the best we can to try to help veterinarians with resources and things that they can be using in order to improve that. And uh, some of the things that we identified as resources is uh, that we encourage people to talk about it, such as mental health and well-being used to be a stigma. I think it's important that now uh, we talk more about it and uh, that it's in clinics, uh, the break rooms. It's important that there are conversations and that people don't feel like they're the only ones struggling with burnout or issues that can be leading to suicidal thoughts, right? And it's important that veterinarians be looking at resources such as insurance coverage for mental health. Is that something that's available? Is there an EAP program? Um, employee assistance program that is in place that can help you with that. There are even today, and given the current situation that we have today with limited mobility because of COVID-19, there are virtual or telebehavioral health solutions that are available out there looking at ways to help people going through difficult times. There's a website called e counseling.com. It's e-counseling.com. There's another one called sevencups.com, the number seven, sevencups.com, um, or vetwellbeing.com website has some resources as well. 
And last but not least, we highly encourage you to always have it handy the the key phone numbers to be calling in case of crisis, right? Um, 911 is the first one if there's a danger to yourself or others. And I've been seeing a lot of that on TV recently, I mean, because of the current situation with the pandemic. But uh, with veterinarians as well, uh, there's 1-800-273-TALK, Suicide Prevention Lifeline. So that's, um, that's a phone number that could be used for prevention of suicide. And uh, we highly encourage you to, to look at that. And there is even um, a texting service that you can text uh, hello to 741741. And you can get access to a trained crisis counselor. So there are a lot of resources that can be helping in case of suicidal thoughts. And uh, so we want to make sure that we're saving as many lives as we can. We'll make sure to include all of those important resources in the show notes. Please share them with the vets in your life or anyone you know who may be struggling. One big external factor that could be contributing to these cases of stress and suicidal thoughts is the tremendous amount of student debt many veterinarians carry. It's a complicated issue, and any real solutions are going to take a collaborative effort. Yeah, that's a hot topic in veterinary medicine today, right? It's how do we address student debt, and the universities are looking into that, and it's something that there's a conversation going on in the industry. We do have some resources we identify to help students to be able to be prepared to deal with student debt, right? And, And even veterinarians who have graduated already and have a large load of debt we highly encourage them to engage with a financial planner because our data shows that the ones that have a financial planner have less of a stress level compared to the ones that don't have a financial planner. So that's the first one. Second would be to look for financial planning, counseling resources. So there are a number of counseling resources, uh, financial planning resources online that if you don't have a financial planner, if you go to a number of websites and different organizations are doing a lot of um, in that space. So that's just a deep dive into what the resources are to find financial planners. There's a financial planner association that can be used as a resource. There's a national foundation for credit counseling that could be used as a resource. So there's a, a lot of different resources, but we do encourage that veterinarians engage with a financial planner. We've been actually having conversations as far as um, what about engaging with the students and as they are still in school and how can we help them to have better financial literacy so they make smarter choices as far as um, their finances before it gets to become a bigger issue. In a lot of conversations about mental health, not just in the vet world, you'll sometimes hear of generational differences, namely that the younger generations tend to struggle more than maybe previous ones did. What did the data show about this? I think that there is a generational factor, and I think some of our data is showing that for predictors of well-being, younger veterinarians are more impacted than the older veterinarians, I think. And like I said earlier, I think student debt is a major factor there. I think the debt accumulated has been higher than it has been in the past. 
And I think the pressures of the current life and just the pressure to exceed and uh, they're impacting work-life balance, they're impacting time with uh, friends and family and uh, people are just spending more time trying to, to do the best they can at work and that's definitely impacting the younger generation for sure. And one thing just to add to that is that as you look at the food animal veterinarians, we can't talk about that directly based on the data, but the uh, highest concentration of uh, food animal veterinarians that we have in our survey are baby boomers, and they're, they're, they're doing well and they're flourishing. And, but obviously, they had a different background 20 years ago, and the student debt levels were lower and different factors. Uh, we can't really say that veterinarians today, if, as they get older, that they're going to have better well-being. But just as we look at the population of food animal veterinarians, we can see that the highest concentration of the ones doing well as food animal veterinarians are baby boomers. On that last point, Judson is referring to the fact that food animal veterinarians scored much higher across the board in well-being than companion animal vets. However, as you just heard, they are also primarily older generationally, so it's not necessarily a perfect comparison. Some better news, though, all around. The data is showing less of a stigma around mental health in the veterinary community. Yeah, I think one of the only gaps that we saw in the, the data, that as we looked at the data, we saw that there was a very significant improvement in the attitude towards those with mental illness, which I mentioned earlier, that perhaps indicating less stigma. So veterinarians are caring more towards those with mental health, that there was an improvement in the new study. There's more accessibility to mental health treatment, and uh, people are feeling comfortable discussing mental health topics with other veterinarians. I think the challenge is that there are the veterinarians that needed mental health treatment didn't get it, right? There, there's a big number, I think 52% um, that didn't get, they were distressed and didn't get a treatment. So there's an opportunity still for people to be looking for treatments. So uh, we're here to provide resources and ways that people can be looking for treatment and resources. And I think some of the data also shows that they're still looking for useful resources and there are limited resources out there. So we're doing the best we can to come up with additional resources to be helping them. Judson and his team in veterinary and consumer affairs at Merck want to not only provide the data behind vet mental health, but as many resources as they can to help support this important profession. We recently just had a few um, Facebook live events. We're partnering with AVMA on a series of webinars. And there's a lot of resources out there that we're putting out and we're seriously looking into ways to help the veterinary profession. We're very committed to the profession. We appreciate all the work that you do. We appreciate the partnership. And uh, if there's anything that we can do to help you more, please don't hesitate to reach out and uh, just go to vetwellbeing.com, look at our resources, shoot us a note and uh, let us know if there's anything else that we can be doing to help your profession, to help the partnership that we have. Thanks so much for tuning in for our very first episode of Caring for Animals and Creating Trust. If you liked what you heard, make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. You should be able to find us on pretty much all of them, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Also, send this episode to that veterinarian friend of yours to offer them some extra support in what is clearly a stressful profession. 
You can learn more about the topics discussed here today in the show notes or by going to www.vetwellbeing.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to Caring for Animals and Creating Trust. Mm-hmm.